Good morning. Good morning. How are you today? Okay. Um, we're actually into the second week of virtual hybrid in-person high school for one and weeks mm -hmm. on ones in college virtually at Indiana University, which made USA Today uh, in the news this morning for having so many parties and boat parties on Lake Monroe. So my son is there. I, I hope quarantining and wearing his mask and being good. Making good choices. Making good choices. Being That's smart. what I say. Make good choices. I just saw an article today um, in the New York Times about how a lot of these schools are sending the sick kids home. And so then that's just creating seeds for yeah. all of the other communities. I don't so get it. That's, that's the opposite of, of good choices. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I've been thinking a lot about school starting next week and honestly i think 2020 has just had it you know in oregon where i am it's the state is basically on fire right now and um my kids are getting ready to go back to virtual school and um i've been feeling guilty because i've been in denial um, well, I have a group of mom friends and we have an open text and they've all been attending all the web meetings mm -hmm. and the town halls and all the things. And do you know how many I've attended? Probably not many. Zero. I've and, attended zero. Yeah. And, and I would offer that I watched a couple of videos way late. And what I found was it changes every week or every other day anyway. Yeah. So wait until they finally work it out because they just don't know what they don't know. Okay. That's good advice. Cause yeah. I've been, I've been uh, self-shaming a little bit about being in denial. Um, yeah. And I think, I think um, part of it is just, just that that's not a skill set that I um, have, um, you know, navigating new technology. And um, I've been very anxious about the fact that my youngest, um, I think we all knew she had ADHD when we were attending uh, Zoom school in the spring, but she actually just got the official diagnosis. So, yeah. So, um, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard, and um, I just think about all of the other families out there. Um, you and I have been talking about how this pandemic has really blown the cover off the. Um, the inequities um, of the division of um, domestic responsibilities, you know, and both of us being in healthcare, you look at 70% of um, healthcare workers are female, you know, how are we going to do this? I just, I, I don't know. I shared that article with you that my dad sent me. Um, her name's Nala Valji. She's the senior gender advisor at the UN. Mm -hmm. And she's been unpacking this for us. And um, yeah, it's just women are more likely to be laid off than men. We're doing the global average is three times more of the domestic work, the unpaid labor. Right. Um, and so you just, you look at it, even from an employer perspective, you know, if you've got a, a medical clinic, how do you staff it? 
when people can't, you know, leave their kids to do Zoom school alone. Right. Um, there's not good childcare out there. And so I don't know. I don't know. I know I'm like the doomsayer, but I guess the one positive thing I can say is that while my technology skills are really suffering and my coping skills, I think are suffering like many others, but um, my hair skills, I gave myself a haircut this weekend. It's cute. Four inches. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've been, all those uh, YouTube videos I've been watching have been paying <laughs> <laughs> off. Every single member of my household has had a haircut by me during this pandemic multiple times. Yeah. And everyone kicks and screams throughout it. Um, <laughs> but then they're generally happy with the result. So. See, that's progress. Yeah, maybe I can open a home hair salon, socially distant, to supplement my income. Yeah. I don't know. What do we do, Gwen? Well, I guess... I don't, well, I don't have all the answers, but I, I do wonder why do we as women assume that the childcare and the teaching and the principal and the superintendent's offices all have to reside with us as the women in the family. And maybe, you know, maybe not every woman has a partner. Um, and yet we have, we have friends we have families, we might have extended families, um, or we just might have friends in the neighborhood. And, and I wonder if we are asking enough questions or just asking for help. Mm -hmm. Asking or for help, I think that's are a barrier. Help, or are we just assuming? Yep. Are we taking on these roles and are we shooting ourselves in the foot? Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, that's a really good point, I think. Um, in the article um, from the New York Times, they talked about how um, by far and away the majority of single parent homes are led by women. Mm -hmm. And that um, if you have to pick somebody to do the childcare and somebody to be employed uh, because men's salaries are on average, um, you know, what is it, 70 cents to the dollar? Right. That they're because they're higher, the, then it tends to be that that is the choice that makes sense for the family, for the the mother to stop working. And um, I mean, we certainly did that in in our household when my husband and I were both trying to work from home, and he's trying to interview a stranger and over Zoom, and you can hear me in the kitchen yelling at my <laughs> then six year old, write your paper. Right, right. And yet, you know, we, <clears throat> we know it takes a village <clears throat> mm -hmm. and forever, you know, the human population has, has banded together in communities uh, to support each other. Um, modern day life, not so easy. And a lot of mm -hmm. us move away from that core family. So I just wonder <clears throat> how do we learn even virtually um, to build community and build these villages, um, you know, homeschool, you know, can you create groups of, of like families, even if they're, you know, single um, mom families to homeschool and share in those responsibilities a little bit differently. Um, 
It's, it's just a tough time. And it's not just the pandemic, it's the economy, it's the fires, it's, it's an incredibly um, un, uh, it's just a hard time. Um, there's, there's just no normalcy, I, I, I guess. It's unclear. It's, it can be scary and it can be filled with fear and anxiety. Um, especially the smaller we get into these family units and, and we feel trapped at home or um, trapped thinking we have kids to raise and, and the livelihood is dependent on me and yet I can't leave for a job or I don't have a job. Um, so it, it just calls us to all be creative and, and connect in, in different ways, be much more yeah. intentional. Do you have me thinking? I didn't, consider it this way but my my group of moms that um we have an open text and they are like they're my text village yeah there you go I didn't I didn't think of it that way but you're absolutely right and sometimes I feel guilty that I'm always the one because I told you I put my head in the sand about all this school stuff that I'm always the one going where are we supposed to be what what was what what was that what what platform was I supposed to download? And they always answer and they never are like, Liz, could you check <laughs> in? So, you know, I guess I have to keep telling myself that. And, and I think it is okay to ask the dads, you know, what are, you know, what is your work allowing you to do? Right. And, um, I need to stay in dialogue about that with my husband rather than just assume that it's all going to be on me. Like yeah. we, you know, we decided that in the spring. Um, and I'm thinking about from the employer perspective, you know, being in HR, one of the things that I am seeing happening where I work is they're surveying people saying, you know, what, what works for you? What, what, how can we be creative? You know? Mm -hmm. And so I think that's, far preferable than saying, oh, you can't come in your, your normal four-day shift. Okay, well, thanks for your service. Now we're going to go hire somebody with, in the exact same situation to replace you. Um, so I, I think that at least the, the business that I'm a part of, um, they are saying to families, you know, how can we support you? And um, some people are choosing to do job shares. Good. Right. So, so that's, that's a good, um, potential solution. Um, and there is leave available, but I just, I think that's, if we can really try to keep people employed, that's employed and being paid, but do it in a creative way so that they can, um, re-attend in my case, second grade. Right. Hopefully it'll go better than my first time attending second grade. Yeah, at least with virtual, it goes faster. <laughs> <laughs> I'm figuring out the class time is much less. Yeah. 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 So give it a try. Deep breath. Well, deep breath. Lots, lots of deep breaths. Lots of deep, lots of deep breaths. breaths. They're very cleansing. Lots of uh, counting the hours until the, the glue that's holding this pandemic um, person, I would say, together, which is called wine. Um, 
Um, so what else? You've been reading a book lately that has some um, creative cuss words in it. Tell, <laughs> tell me about that. Tell me about that book with all the F yeah. words. I picked this up. Um, <laughs> because I had a big 50th birthday this summer and this is a gift someone gave to me. And I didn't then pick it up till a couple weeks ago and I, I mentioned it in a previous session and yeah, it seems like appropriate right now. Everything is effed, a book about hope. Um, and I'll, I'll read a couple excerpts cause I want it to give you the flavor of it. Um, but a book about hope caught me because a, a lot of people I talk to, um, whether they're clients or whether they're just colleagues, um, what I have found is some people put hope in March in the fact that this pandemic would end in a couple weeks, or then it would end by July 4th, or then it would end when a vaccine. So hope, hope, hope. And I, I think we've all heard from previous stories um, many, many generations ago that during wartime or in concentration camps, um, those that hold out hope for a particular date tend to then fall apart once that date comes and goes. And they may literally just fall apart, give up. Um, those that just have some sort of conversation with themselves to recognize that there's no way to know when or if this will end, um, tend to be more resilient, tend to get more creative, tend to move through these really horrid times, um, and sometimes get creative solutions from it. So I, I picked <laughs> it up um, thinking that it would really give me some insight. And what it did was kick me in the head because um, I, I've always had a lot of stuff going on in my head and a lot of back and forth. And, and I didn't know if that was just me, um, if I was just that weird and strange or if that's normal. So it talks a lot about that is normal. Um, you've got your traditional thoughtful mind and then you have your feeling mind or your, your intellectual brain or your child brain and, and they mm. call it different things. Um, but there's really two sides. One is very intentional and, and one is that just deep subconscious. And I've lived my whole professional career kind of being really um, proud of myself for being calm mm -hmm. and planned. Um, what this basically said is, um, the only thing you can control in life is yourself. And frankly, you can't control yourself because we're guided by that child brain. We're guided by that deep down subconscious and we don't even know it and we don't realize it. But then it also talks about because we don't realize it and, and know that about ourselves, we all believe that there's something bigger and better out there and we all live on hope. And that is really not healthy. So um, let me give you the first paragraph that really kicked me in the head. Um, and as I drink my Starbucks here, which I do incessantly, um, he says, writer says, Mark Manson, um, if you were the guy at Starbucks writing on the cup and giving a cup to everybody, uh, this is what he would write. One day you and everyone you love will die. 
and beyond a small group of people for an extremely brief of time, little of what you say or do will ever matter. This is the uncomfortable truth of life. And everything you do or think, but an elaborate avoidance of it, is inconsequential cosmic dust bumping and milling about on a tiny blue speck. We imagine our own importance. Take that one in. Mm -hmm. We invent our purpose. We are nothing. Enjoy your effing coffee. (laughs) So how does that start your effing day? So I read more and what it gets into is, you know, your thinking brain is your conscious, accurate, and partial brain. It's methodical, rational, but it's also slow. So I, I spoke about that a little bit. Your feeling brain, however, arrives at conclusions quickly and effort, effortlessly. The problem is it's often inaccurate and irrational. The feeling brain is a bit of a drama queen and a, has a bad habit of overreacting. Mm. So can get that, which is why I was so proud. I, I thought I didn't let that brain bubble up. Mm-hmm. But it gets into, but the feeling brain drives our conscious car because ultimately we are moved to action only by emotion. Wow. And that's because action is emotion. Well, I have suppressed my emotions for like 35, 40, 50 years. Because growing up in a family with a bipolar mom had to, to survive. But then let's get into the gender issues. At work, are we invited to show emotion? My God, if a woman at work shows emotion, is that looked kindly upon? No. No. Called difficult. She is called dramatic. She is called a drama queen. Um, she is called a bitch or soft and weak and aesthetic. Yes. Mm -hmm. So some of what you got into a while ago about daycare and flexible work schedules and job sharing. Okay. So emotion is the biological hydraulic system that pushes our bodies into movement. Fear is not this magical thing your brain invents. No, it happens in our bodies. It is the tightening of your stomach, the tensing of your muscles, the release of adrenaline, the overwhelming desire for space and emptiness around your body. So that's what's going on right now. We're all in our little child brain. We are full of emotion. Yet we're all seated in front of these damn computers for how many hours at a time? Um, We still don't believe that showing emotion, talking about feelings or any of that is going to make us more successful in life or career. But it is the only thing that drives action. So I have truly been wrestling with this. I mean, my one thing my mom always said is actions speak louder than words. So I've been trying to figure out how to tie together the emotions that I've grown up suppressing mm-hmm. and let them out in some positive way to drive action to move through this time and not put hope 
at the center of it or hope for a date or hope for a vaccine or hope for somebody to swoop in and help me if I don't ask. It's not going to happen. Or hope that somebody else is going to figure this out and save me and protect me or my kids or my family. That's not going to happen. So I've been doodling a lot and um, it, it came to, you know, don't hope for a better life. Let's become a better life. And how do you become a better life? Um, you know, an action is talking about this stuff. You know, what we're doing. Um, yeah, you're talking about the that. facts. Talk about the research. And, yeah. and then I get to, it's not just healthcare. It's, it's everywhere. Women are 80% of the consumers of most industries. Not all but many, we are the buyers in the family. The economy counts on women to be purchasers and to be discerning consumers. How do we talk about these things, whether it's to our employers or to the general um, industry, um, retail, certainly, um, and just talk about the, the power of women and thus, we also need to be empowered to set our own work schedules and to get some help to, to be all in. Yeah, you're really kicking me in the head. Thank you. <laughs> no, you're, I mean, this idea of my child brain, that is powerful because um, my child brain is what is awake at two in the morning, yeah. almost every night, Absolutely. you know, just whispering all kinds of unhelpful things to me. Mm-hmm. Um, my child brain is the brain that causes me to cut bangs at really poor, poor times in my life. That is definitely my child brain. Right. Um, and when I think about, you know, some of the things, the choices that I've made in the last couple months that I regret, definitely fueled by my child brain. So how do I acknowledge my child brain, not, you know, try to get rid of it, like you said, because action comes from emotion, but maybe put it in a sidecar, you know, like the child brain is with me, but it's not, you know, it's not uh, riding the motorcycle, it's in the, it's in the, um, the sidecar, and I'm acknowledging it, and I'm not trying to get rid of it, but I'm also trying to make decisions that are a balance between the thinking brain and the child brain. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a tall order. It's I a tall think. order, yeah. And for someone like me, I don't even know what to call my emotions sometimes. I don't really know what they are, but the book is helping me recognize that maybe I can't appear, but my body understands it. So it's, you know, really listening to our bodies more. Um, I think sometimes maybe it's okay to let the child brain just go out and do whatever. Um, How much harm can it do at times? So your bangs look a little wonky. Okay. (laughs) No big deal. But other times when it's important stuff that we either want to do and we're just not doing it, it's recognizing that's because the child brain in us just doesn't want to do it. It just doesn't want to. Um, And 
maybe we need to treat the child brain like a child. And you know what? You may not want to do this, but you'll feel really much better if you do, like exercise. Guys, or be curious about what the learning platform is going to be for this right. year. Children dig into those kinds of things. They're not scared by it. Why are we? So maybe if we want to exercise intellectually, then we force our child brain to um, do what we just say. You know, you can have your glass of wine after you exercise. I think that's a real good, that is a key, right? And, and um, I think the other key, so giving ourselves a reward, right? For doing things that are good for us, but are hard. I think the other thing I had a client that had a breakthrough about this, this last week, she really struggles with perfectionism. Okay. And so if she doesn't think she can do something perfectly, she won't do it. Okay. Um, and so we, she was working on her goal plan and she had written down all these things. And I said to her, that looks really rigid. Like, are you really gonna, are you gonna look at that in a week and go, forget it, I can't accomplish that. And so her breakthrough was, she said, okay, my measurement is that I'm not gonna measure it. That will be my measurement for success. And it was about, it was about self-care and wellness. And I mean, she just, she was gonna take like three classes on nutrition, <laughs> the paleo diet, and she was gonna meditate and she wow. was it was, it was a very long list. And so that's, that was her aha moment is that the measure for success was, I will not measure it. And so that can look like, I'm going to go for a walk, but I'm not going to turn on my step counter. Cause it doesn't matter. The point is the walk, not how far I go. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all that. And, and it's, maybe we should learn from the kids. The kids have this stuff figured out sometimes. The kids are you know, FaceTiming and Zooming and um, they're figuring out how to congregate and be little villages uh, into themselves and share the workload. They're sharing the schoolwork through, through virtual learning. Um, they're asking for help. Yeah. So what can we learn from the kids who still have child brains? Well, my seven-year-old would say that we should all um, color our hair rainbow because that was what she said to me yesterday, that we should just, mom, we just need to get some hair dye and we all need to make our hair look like unicorns. <laughs> Why not? Why not? I'm already cutting my own hair. I might as well dye it rainbow. Yeah. Um, I have to say that you just got me thinking about the concept of a village again. And um, I know we're, we're running out of time for our session today together, but I sure am glad that you're in my village. Aww, too. I'm so happy we get to connect. And I really hope women take this time, uh, take these videos and, and use them to connect. That's yeah. so important. And to talk about emotions and feelings and not to feel like it's a weakness. It is a strength. Um, and even if you want to hide your emotions or believe you can su suppress them, they're coming out in all kinds of ways, mm -hmm. all kinds of ways. That's 
why I mentioned it, you know, a little bit ago too, that, you know, I, I'm not eating the way I used to. I'm not, I'm not holding off on the adult beverages for weekends. Like I used to, um, you know, we need to talk about those things. Um, if nothing else to, to laugh, um, and hug and build relationships that probably will last us a lifetime, which we may not have ever had if we hadn't been forced into this virtual uh, medium and to create these texting villages that, that we now have. Gosh, that's a good point. Well, as a, um, a key member of my village, if, if you hear me talking about cutting bangs, okay. you're going to have to say, Liz, that is your child brain. <laughs> need to not do that okay you will regret it deal and for all of us um let's take action so whether that is asking for help whether that is raising up to your employer through a survey or other valid means what you need to be successful in this period of time raise it up even if you yeah. think they know no one can read your mind yeah. Um, raise it up. And then let's keep raising issues collectively about um, consumerism and the economy and, and our strength as women uh, empower ourselves by using that dollar, that consumerism dollar to support the employers that give the flex time uh, to their employees. Yeah. Ask those questions. Um, sometimes it starts with a question more than a statement. So um, Let's go, but let's just don't be quiet. Yeah, that's a good point. I have I have a seat at the table where those decisions are being made. So I need to I need to walk the talk that you just said. Yeah, yeah. And, and we I need will. to be inquiring consumers. We need to instigate. Let's instigate. All right. Have a good week. Uh, you too. Thanks. Bye. Bye.